finally happened. You've moved out. You're on your own. Congratulations. But everyone still needs a little help sometimes. Mom, have you seen my wallet? It's in your back pocket. Nah, I checked there. Your other back pocket, dear. Ah, thanks, Mom. Introducing the Mom Personal Assistant, the only smart speaker device with all the wisdom, caring, and sage advice of a mother. Mom, please call Brad. Honey, I'm just not sure he's right for you. Just call him. Okay, calling Ryan. No, Mom, I said call Brad. Trust me. The Mom PA always has your best interests in mind. Wish me luck, Mom. Big interview today. Did you eat breakfast? Uh... Is that what you're wearing? Wait, what? <laughs> Did you even shower? She's there to provide a helping hand whenever you need it. Mom, set a timer for 40 minutes. Mom? The mom personal assistant won't function until you say the magic word. Oh, right. Mom, please set a timer for 40 minutes. Sure thing, hon, but it's only 30 minutes for that dish. The mom PA is always correct and basically knows everything. Mom, what setting should I use for this laundry? Mom, do you think I should color my hair? Hey, mom, can you please order mac and cheese? You still have two boxes. What? No, we're out. Did you look? Yeah, I just looked. It's gone. Do you want me to look? Uh, no, no, it's okay. I'll go look again. Try looking with your eyes this time. Based on God's perfect design, the mom personal assistant is thoughtful, kind, encouraging, and supportive. You are beautiful. It's okay. You're gonna get through this. I am so proud of you. You can change the world. But right now, hon, you really need to change your socks because they smell like a dumpster. Ugh, mom. The mom personal assistant. Always helpful, always reliable, and always there for you. Good morning, first service. Happy Mother's Day, all the moms in here. As we get ready to dive in the message, I will let you know this. So last week, um, Pastor Dan, our family pastor, went on uh, our COVID protocol just for having exposure and someone in the family having it. Um, so he was supposed to give the Mother's Day message, so I am tasked with that this morning. And so that's what I'm going to prepare and give to you this morning, all right? But if I was to, like, hashtag this message, I wouldn't call it a mom's message. I would hashtag this message, women are awesome. Uh, hey, man, that's your applause. Yes, yeah, good men. All right, good. So here's what I want to do. I want to do something a little different. I want to do something a little different. Online, you can do this as well. I want you to take a second and think about the most influential woman in your life, whether it's your mom, your sister, your grandmother, and how she's impacted you. Online, you can drop a comment about who that is. If you want to talk to your neighbor about that, say, hey, here's who that person was. Take, do that now. Take a second and say, hey, here was the most influential woman in my life. If you have her in your phone, text her. All right? You guys can talk, I promise, it's okay. So now that you guys have thought about that for a second, maybe shared that, I'm sure like maybe like, you know, aunts or grandmothers or moms, those were some fairly easy ones to get at. And as we talk about this, I want to talk about some ladies from the New Testament that just scream, hey, 
We served well. We served God well. And there's two ladies I'm going to focus on very much so this morning in the message. But before I do that, let's pray. Bow with me. Father God, we're just so glad we can gather here this morning. God, we're so thankful that you just give us the grace that we have from Christ Jesus. God, as we're in the room this morning, we ask the Holy Spirit move. We ask it to be your words and not mine as we dive into Scripture. And as we just try to learn and press upon our hearts the words you want us to know. God, we're so thankful for the ladies that we have in our lives. The moms, the grandmothers. We thank you for them. Praise on your name. Amen. So we're going to be in the book of Acts most of the morning, okay? So the book of Acts, it's the first book after the gospel. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then it's Acts, okay? And the book of Acts, the latter half of Acts, is all about Paul's missionary journeys, okay? As Paul goes on these missionary journeys, he encounters a lot of people, and he sets up churches in a lot of places. Paul was a church planner. He was a missionary. He was a pastor, And there's two ladies in his journeys that he runs across, and we're going to focus in on their stories this morning. And let's go ahead and dive into the first person. So Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 11, says this, So setting sail from Troas, we made direct voyage to Samothrace, and the following day to Nepolis, and from there to Philippi which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. Verse 13, and on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we we were supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyratia, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized, and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. All right, so where Paul has come is the city of Philippi. And as we talk about the city of Philippi, there's a couple things I want you to know about that city. First off, it's a Roman colony, all right? Secondly, located in northwest Greece and then known for gold mines. You have it up here, so you'll see the Aegean Sea, and then you'll see up north, that's going to be Philippi. And that's where Paul's encountered Lydia. But she's not from here. And she's a seller of purple goods. What I want you to know about that is purple was the most desired color of this time because purple is the color of royalty. Also, we can go ahead and infer she was fairly wealthy. So much so that she's from Thyratia, but she's in Philippi, and she invites Paul in and says, hey, if you've received me, well, come and let me receive you. That tells me another thing. She's got two houses. Not only one in the town she's from, but one in Philippi. So let's say this. Lydia not only was a phenomenal CEO and businesswoman, she had some things to go with it. All right? She had two homes. Maybe if it was this time date, maybe she had a speedboat on the lake. I don't know. But all I know is this, is as, as she encounters Paul, it says this. A woman that already had knew the Lord was a worshiper of God. 
And then verse 15, after she was, or listen, Acts 16, 15, and after she was baptized in her household as well, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. So not only she's gathering and listening to Paul, but then after that, her entire household is baptized. Scripture gives her the mention as she comes and learns, and then her entire household. And then she tells Paul, come in. And as Paul sets up a church in Philippi, when we have the letter of Philippians, and later in Romans, we're going to talk about Lydia again. There's no doubt in my mind she's instrumental in that. No doubt in my mind she's instrumental. Because she has been blessed, she has gifts, she has wealth, and she's using that to bless the missionary journey. Paul did support himself, but along the way, he needed some others to help and pitch in. So ladies, here's my nod to you. Yes, in the first century, there were women that were business people that ran businesses and did it well. Scripture tells us that. She was awesome. Continuing with our message, hashtag women are awesome. And here's one of them right here. And the gospel is starting to flourish. As Paul's on a second missionary journey, traveling around the Mediterranean, and what I want to say to that is this, where the gospel flourishes, we see strong, godly women flourish. Where the gospel flourishes, we see strong, godly women flourish. Why? Because as we talk about the first century culture, and we see what's going on in the book of Acts, what I love about Scripture, and, and ladies in the room, what I want you to know about Scripture, you want to talk about a faith that has been a huge proponent for women's rights, it's this book right here. Because at this time, legally, women couldn't speak in court. Women couldn't own possession. But all of a sudden, Scripture's saying, hey, she did this. She blessed Paul. And now we're going to learn about somebody else who I absolutely love. This next female I want to talk about, let's go ahead in Acts chapter 18. As Paul's continuing his missionary journey, he's in Corinth and then he's going to Ephesus. But why he's in Corinth, he did meet this Aquila and his wife Priscilla. And then later we hear more about their story. So in Acts chapter 18, starting in verse 24, it says this. Now a Jew named Apollos... A native of Alexandria came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he only knew of the baptism of John. I Meaning he didn't know about the baptism of Jesus, all right? And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But then Priscilla and Aquila heard him. They took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross the Achaea, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those through grace had believed. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. Oh, I love this passage. I absolutely love this passage. 
And here's why. First thing I want you to know, some background. I like giving some historical background, what's going on. So we know that this is in the city of Ephesus. Some things we need to know about Ephesus. It's located in Asia Minor, which is current-day Turkey. It's a political, religious, and commercial epicenter of Asia Minor. All the roads from the Roman Empire go through this city to go to the east. One of the largest and most impressive cities of the ancient world. In fact, has one of the most ancient wonders of the world until it was destroyed. This is the city they're in. And then all of a sudden, we see Priscilla and Aquila come across this person named Apollos. Says he was well educated. Said he was eloquent. From Alexandria. Well, when we hear that somebody's from Alexandria, the thing we need to know about being from Alexandria is Alexandria is the Greek cultural and academic epicenter. Largest library in the ancient world was there. And they had major contributions to scripture. What I mean by major contributions, here's the nerdy fact from Pastor Chase. This is where the Septuagint comes from. If you don't know what the Septuagint is, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The first Greek translation, this is the city it was done in. So this is where this man is from, super highly educated, northern Africa. Alexandria is named after Alexander the Great. And so Apollos, we know about him. He has to be highly educated. And then from this text, he's trained by Priscilla and Aquila. And then my favorite fact, because you might not know this. There's a book in the Bible called Hebrews. We have no idea who wrote it. No idea who wrote it. This is Martin Luther's guess on who wrote Hebrews is Apollos. I say all that. All that background that none of you are going to remember when you leave these doors. To say this. When I read in scripture that he did not know the baptism of Jesus, but he knew the baptism of John. And then Priscilla and Aquila came to him and taught him. I say this to that. When you first meet Priscilla and Aquila, it's correctly put in there that the husband was mentioned first in Scripture, Aquila, then Priscilla. But however, when the teaching came, it switched. And I want to say this. As Luke writes the book of Acts, probably with some Paul oversight, that's not a mistake. It's not like, oh, he just forgot who was the, who was the husband and who was the wife. That's not, that's not what he's saying. She was the predominant one that taught. Now, you might say, whoa, Chase, are you saying that women can teach men? I'm not saying that. Scripture is. Let that sink in. Because too many times we believe, because we have some other texts that we think contradict it, but it doesn't, that we can't learn from women, men. Absolutely you can. Wives, you can nudge your husband. And if you don't think you can learn from a female and you're married, I'm going to promise you, your marriage probably is not good right now. <laughs> I say that because we need to talk about that. Now, yes, we can go down that rabbit trail of roles in the church and roles in the family, but that's not today's sermon. Today's sermon is women are awesome. Business leader, teacher. And what's funny about this, if he did write the book of Hebrews... It was a female that taught him some of that. Man, that's empowering. Come on, I can't be the only feminist in the room. I say that for all this, ladies, on Mother's Day. I say this for this reason. 
We've been told by culture that Christianity doesn't look fond upon women. I say this to that. You're absolutely wrong. Scripture is what liberated slaves. Scripture is what liberated women. Scripture is what gave freedom to people because we're all created equal in the eyes of God. That's Scripture. But however, when we read that and we talk about this, for some reason we decide to go down this rabbit trail of, yes, men and women are made differently. We have different roles that we're better at. I'm not doubting that. But just because we have that over here, do not take away some greatness that either men or women have that have been given to them by God. Because when I hear those statements of, you know what, I was raised in a church where a woman couldn't teach a man. I was raised in a church where, no, women didn't have that right. I'm offended by that. Here's why I'm offended by that. I came to my faith through my grandmother. So don't you tell me she had the right to give me the scripture. I know, I apologize. <laughs> I'm serious, like that, 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 that hits me. And what's funny is this, when we look at Timothy, who Paul instructs Timothy about the, the order of church, it's where we get all of our passages on church leadership and church overseers. What's funny is in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul tells him, thank God for your grandmother and your mother who gave you the faith and taught you the scripture. Because his dad was Greek. Early church leader. Early church leader. Women, what I'm saying is this. Women were essential in the spread of the gospel and the growth of the church. Essential. Now, before somebody says something, I'm not saying you're more important than men. I'm just saying you're essential. So don't let anybody tell you you're not. That's the importance of knowing the word of God. And not just knowing one sentence or two sentences or a verse, but knowing a story in context. That yes, when you see Priscilla and Aquila mentioned in scripture, that she's mentioned first. Meaning that they were together as a husband and wife tag team. However, she was obviously the main teacher because she's the one that given that prominent position. I promise you, that wasn't just a mistake made. Promise you. How I know that is when we go back to the Old Testament, all to the New Testament, you knew they put people in order for a reason. And if you're a youngest sibling like me, you don't get much glory in the text, all right? Besides once. So ladies, man, you're awesome. I hope you know that. Grandmothers, mothers, aunts, you're awesome. I hope you know that. So yes, I, I come up this morning to give you this kind of like a hoorah speech. And why? Why do I do that on Mother's Day? I, I do it for a reason. Because when we look out, we got too much division. We got too much division. Whether it be about gender, race, too much division. And what hurts my soul as a pastor is when people start using scripture to promote division. It hurts my soul. Because I, I think what, what makes God weep is the fact that we have so much disunity, especially in the church. Let me give you my opinion this way. 
Yes, so I told you already this morning that we would talk about Priscilla. Yes, I do believe there are things men can learn from women, and I believe we have scripture for that. And somebody's like, well, Chase, maybe you're wrong. Let's go down that road. It rarely happens, but we'll go down that road. (laughs) Maybe I'm wrong. But let me give you my logic. I heard this one time, and I think it's phenomenal logic. We are in a spiritual war. Whether you know it or not, Jesus came on the cross, grace, freedom. We have eternity in heaven if we call on him. But Satan wants everybody to not believe in him. We are in a spiritual war with the forces of darkness. So don't for one second think I'm going to handcuff half my army because of your belief. I'm not going to do it. What I love about Paul, even though Paul can be arrogant, prideful, Paul Paul can be just full of himself sometimes. What I love about Paul is in Romans chapter 16, as Paul's closing his letter to the church in Rome, as, as Paul's ending his life out, getting ready to die for the faith, he says this in verses 1 through 4 of Romans 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Centurion that you may welcome her into the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many and myself as well. Verse 3, greet Prisca and Aquila, or Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risk their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. As he's giving out his final greetings, the first one he calls out is a woman. Give thanks to Phoebe, a servant. The word in the Greek there, another nerdy fact from Pastor Chase, is diakonai, deacon, deaconess. Give praise to her, the servant. She's worthy of the saints. Then again, Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers who risk their necks for my life. So ladies... You're successful. You can teach. And man, you got bold strength. I hope you know that. I think you do, especially if you're a mom in here that wants nothing but greatness for their kids. I promise you, I don't think there's anything more dangerous than when you step in between a mother and their child. I don't care what the dad thinks. I think that mom, she is going to, I don't know what she's going to pull out. She's going to cut you somehow. I don't know. I'm serious. It's, 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 it's nature. You don't walk across. When you're, when you're hiking, for example, when I hike in Colorado or in Montana, if I see a bear cub, uh-uh, I'm out. And here's why I know that. Because if I see a bear cub, which, by the way, cutest animal ever would love to take home with me. That would be great. It's greatest thing ever. All right? I know there's probably about a 950-pound mom somewhere around it. And no offense, whether you think I'm that big or not, I'm not that big. I can't handle that. So, what's your takeaway today? What do I want you to take away? Here's what I want you to take away. If you've called on Jesus as your Savior, if you say, yes, I belong to this thing that is the hope of grace, man and woman alike. You know, a couple weeks ago when I preached on marriage, I talked about what it means to have mutual submission in our marriage. And I talked about what it means that there is headship. There, there is the husband as the spiritual head of the house. 
But what that doesn't negate is that women do have things to pass on and to teach and a legacy to live and leave. I would not be on this stage would it not be for some great women in my life. I would probably not be, actually no, I shouldn't say probably. I would not be a believer in Jesus if it were not for some women that God put in my life. At an early age that taught me what was right, what was wrong, and who Jesus was. With simple illustrations of a color book. So my takeaway is this. Ladies, be encouraged. If you have children, yes, they are your responsibility. God has given you them to steward over and to raise them up in the eyes of the Lord that we talked about last week of dedication. Yes, your job is to learn and then pass on that knowledge to other people without restraint. That's your call. To give missions. As we saw Lydia, as she's helped with the church in Philippi, and as Paul needed someone to be resourceful, she was there. When there was someone that knew and was highly educated, but just had just one part of their knowledge was a little bit off. They didn't know about Jesus' baptism. God put a woman in his path to say, hey, here's what this story is. Ladies, my takeaway is this. If you've not looked at scripture from cover to cover and seen how God has used women in the Bible, please do it. Whether it's Deborah, whether it's Rahab, whether it's Esther, Priscilla, Lydia, Phoebe, Mary Magdalene, the first woman that got to hear about the resurrection from Jesus himself. Be encouraged by that. Men, my takeaway for you, don't squelch that. Pour into that. Teach together. Learn together. Pass it on together. Because what we need in our culture is a generation of people that are raised up by a godly household that know the word of God. And I know that sounds so simple. I know that sounds so simple, church, but the problem is we don't have that today. We don't have a generation that knows what it means to have morals that come from the word of God. Because let's be honest, we gotta call ourselves out where the fault is. The church isn't doing a good enough job teaching and parents, we're not doing a good enough job teaching. So moms, yes, be encouraged, be empowered, but know that we have a problem that we gotta fix together to raise up godly men and women to complete the great commission to know Jesus Christ. If you've never got to know the experience of what that is like to have that grace, I want to talk to you. So if you're like, oh, man, I, just, I don't know what that grace even looks like, come have a conversation with me. I want to introduce you to who Jesus is. So I close with this. This is a fun note. So Chase's serious sermon note is over. Fun note. I hope you enjoyed the really short sermon today. And here's why I did it. We have some awesome food out in the lobby for you to have. Online, I'm so sorry. All right? And I'll be honest with you, this was hard because, you know, Pastor Dan, he can put a sermon in 15 minutes, 12 minutes. Chase likes to go talking, all right? And I'm still doing it right now, so I'm going to stop. I'm going to pray for us real quick. But guys, I want you to know that that's our blessing to you as moms and grandmothers and ladies. Make sure you get that on the way out. Have some fun, fellowship outside, all right? 
just know that we love you. As Great Oaks ladies, we love you. And we hope you know that you are loved by God and used by him. Let's pray. Father God, we're so glad we gathered here this morning as we talk about ladies of the word of God and women that you have put in the path of the upper story of humanity. As we see ladies like Lydia and Priscilla and Phoebe come on the scene and change the world, pass along faith in the gospel. God, we're so thankful for them. We're so thankful for your discernment. God, we thank you for all the creation that we have. We thank you most importantly for your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray this morning. Amen.